BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. And then I says, I says, but I'm walking here. Oh, sorry, everybody. I was telling Dan about my New York City vacation I cut back from to be a part of this show. So I could be on Take the Black with you guys, uh, which we have every week. The only show where we talk about um, things like sci-fi, fantasy, robots, swords, space lasers, and such. Daniel Roman, how are you over in the actual New York State doing? I am doing pretty well. It's a it's a gloomy day here. There's been a lot of exciting and some moderate, some maybe a little less exciting news. We're going to talk about all of them. But Dan, how how was your voyage to New York? It sounded perilous talking about walking those streets. Well, no, you just know that when you're in New York City, people that there are people, and then you say, "I'm walking here," and then that's kind of like a New York that's hello. True. It's a it's a hello, it's a, right it's a goodbye, it's everything. I had a lot of fun, um, <laughs> and I true. didn't have to miss any shows. Uh, I had a good vacation. Hello, everybody. Hello, Joanne. Hello, Christian. Hello, Martha. Glad you could be here uh, for what should be a productive, interesting, insightful, and potentially even revolutionary chat. Daniel, what are we talking about yes. today on a new episode of Take the Black Live? Well, the big thing that we have to talk about, there's no way around it, is this huge news that, that broke this oh, week it? that... HBO is considering making another Game of Thrones spinoff. This one about Egon the Conqueror and his sister wives, Rhaenys and Visenya, and the the conquest of Westeros, which is basically like where the calendar starts for Westeros. So it's as far back as the Targaryen rule goes. And they are thinking about making not just a show, but uh, apparently the talks are to make a show and a movie about this or a movie that could lead into a show. Mm-hmm. So so that's that's the, the big news. What, what do you think about this, Dan? I, I'm really intrigued. I think, uh, uh, by the way, some of the comments, Laura asked, are we talking about the new prequel rumors? Yes, we are, Laura. We will absolutely help. She also says Jojo Stanhope Perry. I don't know what that means, but I like the way it rolls off my tongue, as well as Guillermo Javier Martino Sisto. <laughs> I'm sure you're talking about Laura, but I, these names are terrific. We are talking about rumors of a new Game of Thrones prequel, Egg and the Conqueror. And I mean, I the, the first thing yes. I, I want to say is that they're rumors. And they're not even really new rumors. I feel like this got into the news bloodstream and folk were all writing about new Game of Thrones are coming. Like they were working on Game of Thrones prequel ideas for a long time, for literally years. And Aegon the Conqueror was, I yeah, it was. It was one of them, like one of the original pitches involved Aegon and his sister wives 
Rainies and Visenya, and 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 the original pitch had Aegon as like a like a drunken lout, like a William the Conqueror type who's just going to drunkenly get on Balerion, spit fire, and effortlessly win over things. That could be fun. So glad they didn't do that. <laughs> what? No, I hope they do. I hope that's what they're doing. Oh God. Um. <laughs> I guess what I want to underline, like it's, I'm, 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 I'm not being sarcastic. Yeah, absolutely do that. Um, I, 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 I want to underline that this is a rumor that's probably rooted in truth, but the fact that we're hearing it doesn't mean that the egg and the conqueror spinoff is any more likely to be made than any of the other spinoffs we've heard about. You know, like the animated yes. shows or Duncan Egg or Jon Snow sequel show. I, my bet is it just got this spike because someone found some new details about it. But yes. while I am certain it probably has been talked about, I have no doubt it has. I don't know if I'm convinced that it's being talked about in a way that suggests it's going to be made or has a better chance to be made than some of the other things that have also been talked about. Yeah, that I mean, that resonates to me. I imagine that you're probably pretty on point there because, like you said, Egg on the Conqueror, like that's one of the the most, you know, George R. R. Martin has talked about him in basically every single book he's written, at least a little bit. Yeah, he comes it up. makes sense to me. They would they would think about this. And like you said, they did entertain a pitch for an Egon show during the original round of pitching uh, Game of Thrones spinoffs. It's a no brainer to at least consider it. It seems yeah, like, like you said, there's some new information. Yeah, there may be considering a new angle to this because of House mm-hmm. of the Dragon success. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, there is no guarantee this thing is any more likely to get made than any of the other spinoffs. So it's cool to get, you know, we get excited about any new Game of Thrones news, but definitely don't pin any hopes on this one until we hear anything, which will likely be a while. Yeah, like um, don't pin your hopes on it, but do subscribe to our uh, YouTube and Facebook channels for more information. Yes. I will say, I don't like the idea of a movie in a show. I remember the Why reports. About, remember this? I'll tell you. Mm-hmm. Remember um, the reports about Tiff Benio and Dan Weiss, the Game of Thrones showrunners, going to HBO as the show was wrapping up and saying, like, we want to finish the series as a couple of movies. And the HBO yes. people saying, basically, no, it's a TV show, um, which I mm-hmm. think makes sense. I think, why would you has there ever been a, I guess Firefly was like a TV show that finished the movie. That's, that's a little different though. That, yeah, that was a unique situation. I would like the idea of an Egan movie. I think that's fun. I think like, because yeah. th- the story isn't as complicated as House of the Dragon. This is Aegon the Conqueror and Sister mm-hmm. Wives, conquering Westeros, turning for the Game of Thrones, basically rolling over everybody, forging the Iron Throne. It, it's it's a good story. I Or I could see like a season of a TV show. I liked the suggestion that it would be like season five of House of the Dragon, basically, that they get yes. down with the Dance of the Dragons and then, well... Some other Targaryens did some, did some crazy stuff. Let's talk about them for a while. Um, I don't really like the idea of it being a movie and show together. I don't like crossing the streams like that. That reeks of that corporate thing where folk are like, we want to, it's what it be multimedia. And we want folk to buy the movie and then watch the show. And then, well, and, and the story and the story will continue in the video game and then and the trading card deck. And that, that's where that you're at the next bit of information. I don't like any of that. Yeah, I want it to be kept a little more discreet. I'd be down with like a movie, though, an Aiken movie. Sure. Rock on. Yeah. Or even a show. Yeah, I I <laughs> I have some thoughts about the movie thing. I, I actually don't hate it as much as I expected to. Um, Because I I do agree with you about the, you know, the corporate multimedia thing. It makes me think of DC being like, we're going to have video games are now a part of the DCU. And it's like, okay, sure. Right here, DC. We we believe you. So with your example with Benioff and Weiss, I thought about that too when when this announcement happened. And part of the logic there, part of the reasoning they shot down Benioff and Weiss and George R. R. Martin, because he wanted this too the whole movie thing <laughs> I have no was doubt. yeah it, it was because they had gotten people invested in an hbo series and it the hbo brass basically came back and said it's unfair to our viewers to say you've subscribed for eight years now we <laughs> need you to go to a movie theater to see how this thing ends integrity i do th- integrity that's hbo maybe maybe not uh, but so the reason I think the Egon thing could work is because mm-hmm. HBO is now owned by Warner Brothers. They're already crossing those streams in terms of theatrical releases going to HBO Max. 
Rudy. So I feel like well, if they did a movie to kick it off as something that it could even release simultaneously on HBO Max and in theaters just to give the super fans options for how to see it because mm-hmm. people went to see Game of Thrones episodes in theaters. I think some people would turn out to see huge dragon battles in the movie theaters. Sure. If they did it that way so that it's not like we're trying to hook you in multiple ways, but like here's basically a two and a half hour special to kick off this series and it covered so one i i feel like there are two years before Aegon technically takes over ruling which is like the bloodiest part of the conquest and then the Mm -hmm. calendar really starts after those two years so i wonder if they could do a special to like capture his like landfall on westeros basically and then run the series from there it could be a special sure i can get down with that yeah i I guess things are bleeding together a bit more nowadays. I mean, um, I remember the old Battlestar Galactica thing was done with the special. Oh, The Last yeah. Kingdom is doing that. It's available and on Stranger Netflix, Things basically did too. That's true. Yeah, totally. <laughs> they more or less did. I think as long as it's available I think on if they HBO do a Max, movie, it has to be or, available or it shows on, on HBO. Yeah. Like put it in theaters. Yeah, totally. Too. Maybe that. Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, Buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible t-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Someone said about Noir Genti that blah, 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 blah. there's plenty of story there explaining why he finally did it and why Westeros was so unprepared. Oh, Noir, I think there's definitely story there to be told. Um, I just don't yeah. want them. I don't know. I don't like the idea of them splitting up over multiple mediums. And I don't like the idea of them doing too much at all. Like, look, at this point, we're deep into the Marvel and Star Wars experiments where they're kind of hitting us with tons of stuff all the time nonstop and honestly i think there have been some some real drawbacks to that and now more than ever i think it's incumbent on hbo to not oversaturate the game of thrones band they've done a great job they put it out to the dragon for the game of thrones yeah. there's been nothing else i'm sure we'll get something else but careful be careful i don't want the show to be i i would like hold it till after the house of dragon is done that's what I would do. Yeah. And then totally agree. Be, be very careful about what you put out and when and how much don't like just blast with, with too much. But if it does get made, Daniel, who should play? Who should play again? The Conqueror? And should it not be Henry Cavill like the world wants? <laughs> yeah. I mean, a lot of people are saying it should be Henry Cavill. Kind of the, the prevailing other arguments to that is that Henry Cavill. I've seen a lot of people debate whether Aegon is actually this you know, stoic masculine warrior that he's kind of portrayed as in fire and blood or whether that's like propagandized and he should be, you know, a little meeker. Basically, I feel like they need someone who can capture. Yeah. Or a drunk. (laughs) I feel so. Henry Cavill is one of the obvious people that everyone is talking about. Another one I've seen is Aaron Taylor Johnson, um, Mm -hmm. who was in Bullet Train. Uh, He was in Kick-Ass, but that's a bad example because he was a kid. I think he could do a decent job, too. 
there are others like like Charlie Hunam is a name I've seen thrown around. He's from Sons of Anarchy. He's probably a little too old, which is a shame because like 10 years ago, five years ago, he would have been perfect for it. Sure. Alexander Skarsgård. You know, Laura, I've so I'm working on a dream cast about who would play Aegon right now. And I did think about Alexander Skarsgård. He's in his mid 40s, though. So that does feel like a little bit of a stretch to me because Aegon's 25 at the start of the conquest. So it, it's one of the things that's fascinating to this about this <laughs> to me is that depending on how long they have Aegon's story run, the end of the wars, basically, the end of the conquering, the end of the campaigning is he's closer to 40 by that point, which is the end of the first Dornish wow. War. So they could span a pretty decent length of time. But I agree with you. I, I kind of hope this is like the next era of House of the Dragon rather than its own separate spinoff. Um, <laughs> Natalie says Pedro Pascal. Oh, sure. Why not? Given everything. Yeah, I want to shout out. So Ertak Altinos is in the YouTube chat. Hey, Ertak, thanks for tuning in. Makes awesome fan art for Song of Ice and Fire, as well as official oh, art. If you right. haven't seen it, you probably have seen it and just don't know. He said, maybe the film will feature the start of everything, uh, like maybe take place at the Doom of Valyria rather than taking place between the Conquest and House <laughs> of the Dragon. That I, it feels like wishful thinking, but a Doom of Valyria movie Ooh. could be really, or really cool. Maybe or um, a show. Because yeah, I mean, we don't know what we're going to get because th there is so much history. I mean, and they thought about a Valyria show. They thought about an Aegon show. They yeah. might still give us that stuff. Now the House Dragon is big. I think some of that would be better as movies. Some of that would be better as um, shows. Yeah, a Doom of Valyria show, a movie, and then a Conqueror show. That could be really cool. There's a lot to go there. Yeah. I. I am kind of getting excited thinking about the possibilities of having all that on screen. I just want to be slow and yeah. steady, and I'm sure they'll do a good job. Um, in terms of acting, honestly, I really somewhat you were saying about like that there's like this uh, uh, a theory that it was propaganda that Aegon was like a big alpha masculine yes. warrior guy. That's so much more interesting. Yes. Like everyone out there who's suggesting, I love you. You're all great. Like Henry Cavill, Alexander Skarsgård. Isn't all a little cliche? Just like a little, yeah. Like this, the the big six foot tall strapping warrior dude. I'm not suggesting this as a serious suggestion, but someone a little left of like james corden or something like someone who you would not think as <laughs> james like, who is that i'm thinking of the late night host and that can't be right that's him the late night host he's an actor or like jonah hill <laughs> okay like, jonah hill is jonah hill the is egg on the <laughs> death rogan something like that <laughs> I mean, I'm saying I'm not saying cast. I'm saying take a different tack with it. Like if I were making this show, I would not make the show people wanted where it's like he's just yeah. a big like I will conquer certain kingdoms because I am uh, this kind of guy. Like make something surprising. He, he was not who we thought he was. He's somehow different. I love the the pitch yes. of he's like kind of a drunk who can't get it together and um go with something like that do something unique i think it'd be a little boring if they went with a straightforward thing but that's just me yeah um what was i gonna say yeah, I drunk wait one and eh, never mind go on i lost my train of thought okay bride yeah that's the one. <laughs> oh god danny mcbride takes over westeros <laughs> yeah watch that. so I saw on Reddit, I saw this one really, really great point about Aegon, which is that so Aegon's two kids that follow after him are Anus, Anis Targaryen and Maegor the Cruel. And they kind of embody like opposite sides of Aegon. Mm -hmm. Anis is this really kind of impotent leader. He's <laughs> very intelligent, but kind of meek. Magor is obviously the worst and kind of a psychopath cruel, and a yeah. warrior. So I I do feel like if they are going to get someone I, as hilarious as Jonah Hill is, as alpha as someone like Henry Cavill is, I do think they need someone that kind of gets isn't just a total bro. Like it has to have a little bit of, you know, some that, kind of 
twist on it. Yeah, um, almost, I don't want to say androgynous Targaryen quality, like Viserys from the original GOT, Danny's brother, or Daemon. But I feel like they need something like that. Like one, a similar character who's kind of popping to mind right now is like the guy who played James Holden on The Expanse. Like someone who is... Mm. can pull off getting the masculine bros to follow him while still being like a thoughtful, intelligent person. I feel like they need someone, that for on. Someone below said they'll give it to um Timothy Shamalama Ding Dong. And I mean, that's another oh, um God, like cliche choice, which which they probably would do. And again, we're not sure yeah. they even do this, but it is a cool to oh, uh, the other thing I wanted to bring up was that this particular show is a little more interesting now because from the books and the original show, we know about Aegon that he conquered the Seven Kingdoms and House of the Dragon, they yes. added the wrinkle that he did it because he had this mm-hmm. vision of um, the White Walkers, basically, and did it in order to unite yeah. the kingdom. So obviously that would be part of it. And that's a cool wrinkle Ooh. they added in that I like a lot. And I'm sure they'd be able to work that in and I'd be interested to see it. And I would just want to, yeah. if, 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 they just have to be careful what they choose to make and that they're making it for a good reason, not just to keep it going. If I, my personal opinion, if I got to choose, I'd say don't make it at all. Make Dunkin' Egg. Um, that's, <laughs> that's, that's what I would go with because that's just a different mood and they can still do it. it. It'd still be the world and then do that. And then maybe by the time we're done with that, we'll be ready for another Egg and the Conqueror type show. But if they do it, yeah. I hope they do it with the appropriate amount of respect for the source on the one hand and an adventurous spirit on the other. That combination can go wrong, but um, not if you do it correctly. Yeah. N- Nicole's got a good one too. Uh, Jamie Campbell Bauer, who played Vecna. Ooh. I, I mean, he'd be, he's kind of exactly what I'm talking about in terms of he, you, you could see him being scary or a good warrior, but he's also not, you know, the muscle bound brute because Noir Noir has a great point, too, that the problem with casting Aegon is not a badass is that you have to explain all the personal wins and hand to hand things on record like duels and stuff like that. So <laughs> he can't be, uh, you know, a mindless brute. He also can't be totally incompetent either. So well, it's a tricky yeah. it's a tricky thing. I like the but drunk. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that's fun. Like given g- g- some kind of under thing, but we'll cross that bridge when we come twist. to it. If if yeah. we ever do come to it, any other thoughts about Aegon? Good, bad, gonna happen, not gonna happen before we move on? I think my main thought is I really hope that you're right. And as exciting as it is to talk about this right now, I hope we don't hear anything else about it until after House of the Dragon. I just, you know, HBO has had such a, they have played their cards so smart with how they did House of the Dragon to not dilute the they well. Did. They did a good job. And they really did. And I, I just want them to keep doing that even though it seems like there's a lot of pressure to expand franchises right now from their boss, which is yes. something we're going to hold out. Next. It's good. Global attention. Um, someone, yeah. Robert Harris suggests Finnick from hunger games. I think his name is Sam Claflin, Daniel for, for you, possibly inspiration. Yes. And then of course, JP says the actor people wanted for Damon from Vikings, Travis Fimmel. That's that guy, right? Yeah. He's a little old for that. I, I would love Travis Fimmel in that role, but he's in his like mid to late forties, I, I think. So it'd be a hard sell for him as a 25 year old <laughs> early era. Travis Fimmel. I would have loved in that part though. All right, Daniel, what else is on the agenda for today's episode of Take the Black? Yeah, so speaking of spinoffs and reboots and diluting the well and HBO, uh, so the other big HBO news that broke this week is that Warner Brothers Discovery is close Mm -hmm. to striking a deal to make a Harry Potter TV show. This is a reboot. It's based on the original books with one season per book. And because J.K. Rowling is toxic as hell and no one wants to be attached to her right now, they Uh-oh. were very careful to say J.K. Rowling is an advisor on the show. She's involved, but she's not running it um, because, you know, everything she touches is controversy right now. Sure. Um, so, yeah. How do you feel about this, Dan? How do you feel about this, viewers? I, I'm unsure. I'm shocked it took this long to happen. I really am. I thought they would have had a Harry Potter TV show in the pipeline 
not that long ago. I know the movies wrapped up like not that long ago, really like like well was it ten years ago that uh they had those two something like that? Okay, so yeah, about twelve just years. Just over ten years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um I thought for a while that Harry Potter would probably get a TV show because it seemed like after Game of Thrones, the 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 trend was these big, splashy, epic TV shows and someone would make it and they would have seven seasons and it would be like a just dependable, you know, folk would watch it long lasting decade long show. Um, mm-hmm. And honestly, I didn't think that was a terrible idea because they made Fantastic Beasts and like there were four people who liked it and a lot of people who didn't and then others who were completely <laughs> I guess kind of just kind of like whatever I was in the camp of like this just this is very meh I don't really need it yeah and then J.K. Same. Rowling uh, declared herself <laughs> the 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 captain of the anti-trans squad of the world and that <laughs> threw a wrench into things. My opinion on that is, I want to say, I am against J.K. Rowling's views. I do think her being a public figure and espousing this bigoted stuff is, like, a terrible thing to happen to pop culture and to trans people. My other thought is, no matter what, they're going to make more Harry Potter stuff. It's like, me objecting isn't going to stop them. So, uh, my thought was always that if you're going to make it and you are, you might as well just make it and put in things that are a little more progressive, changing things around a little bit. It'd be funny if like they made Harry Potter, but every single character was trans. That'd be pretty funny. I'd like that. Um, Honestly, I wouldn't be opposed to a Harry Potter. I really wouldn't. I I thought it was coming for a while. I don't know if I'd watch it. I still think the story is good. I still I still enjoy the original books. I, I still like the tale yeah. being told. There's been a lot of discourse around it lately, I think, in the wake of that J.K. Rowling stuff, people reevaluating it. Sure. I think the bones are good. I do. Um, I think it would make a good yeah, show. I agree. I think with it that. would. I, I, I think it makes sense. And I think they're gonna do it no matter what. So they might as they're gonna do it, they might as well do it well. And I'm surp- I'm just surprised it took this long to happen. I really thought it would be sooner than this. See, So I am in the opposite camp here. I agree with you that I I still think the books are, for the most part, they were never my favorite books, but I don't think they're, you know, bad by any stretch. Um, uh, You know, what Leo (laughs) is saying over on the YouTube, that the TV show will probably dive into things that were cut from the movies, like Harry's date with Cho in the books. Yeah, that's something that I'm pretty sure the, the... article that broke this story said that that was part of the idea at the same time i feel like there wasn't enough cut for you know if the examples we've got are things like harry's date with cho is that enough to justify an entire reboot i i feel like they got most of the big events in the movies you know for the most part um some got really shortly did shrift like now fire i think they dropped the ball yeah, so uh, I really hate this, to be honest. I, I think you're right that it's inevitable because that's Harry Potter. It's no longer a thing that makes compelling new stories. It's just how can we recycle this thing that everyone loves? And the book industry has been doing it for years with like little companion things for Harry Potter. Uh, Let's release true, true, the true. play script and market it as the eighth book and people will find out when they buy it that it's not a book. Um, so there are all sorts of things like this where it's just obviously a cash grab and the uh, the movies that were made are hardly more than a decade old. And I just feel like HBO, it's backwards thinking. That's what bugs me about it. It's let's reboot this proven thing instead of like, let's develop a- any of the hundreds of probably of other compelling choices they could choose to launch new fantasy and science fiction series. Oh yeah. Um, like I would much rather them choose a whole new book series to adapt than do this. They're yeah. not gonna. Um exactly. Yeah, with they're Harry not gonna. Potter it's frustrating though. I don't like okay, so let me ask you this. Like how long how, how much time needs to pass? After and this is for you out there watching too. I want to know your opinions on this. After like yeah. an iconic series of movies or TV show happens, 
how much time needs to pass before it's appropriate to do like a proper reboot? And the answer can be infinity because you just don't do one. But like Lord of the Rings is a movie series that, you know, came out 20 years ago now ish. And that's been back in the news lately because I'm thinking of, well, we're not really sure if they're making new Lord of the Rings movies. Amazon did like a Lord of the Rings adjacent second age show that is like all of fine. Um, Mm -hmm. Is there ever a time when it's appropriate to just do the same story again? And this would be a little because the Harry Potter thing, it was movies on a TV show, but it was also like eight movies, which is basically like just eight long ass episodes. Um, Is there a is it possible for enough time to pass for a proper we're just going to do it again to be acceptable. They've made little women like yeah. five times the movies. Just FYI. You know what? I think Nicole is on point with this. She says a full generation. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you measure that, but so the, the one that comes immediately to mind for me that I think is like a gold standard for this is Battlestar right. Galactica. Um, okay. So y'all. the reboot 2004 reboot of a i believe 70s show so that's around 30 ish years reimagined a lot of things you know starbuck was a dude in the original battle star starbuck is not a dude in the reboot um so they changed a lot of stuff they made their own story and it's just an excellent excellent show um i feel like 10 years is way too soon and lord of the rings i'm kind of in that opinion with too that i feel like it's almost too soon to just totally reboot it but part of the reason for that is that yeah those Mm -hmm. movies have aged really well you know watching them they still look better than the hobbit movies honestly which Mm -hmm. are newer um so there i feel like yeah it's a slippery thing but i think 25 to 30 years is a lot more reasonable for something like that than 12 because at that point it's like Parents are still introducing their kids to these movies that came out when their kids were babies and they're now 10 year olds and can watch them. (laughs) Like Um, some great answers, by the way, like Martha points out that interview with the vampires being redone right now. And so far it's been a a pretty big hit. Like I really liked the show a lot. Um, Perry Mason got brought up during the HBO show. Very, very nice show. And I mean, that show was back in like the what, the 50s, the 60s. And it's a really new take yeah. on it. It would be. Yeah. And 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 then my mind quantum goes to like, I, oh, Quantum Leap. Right. Um, I, I think like little, this isn't is really sci-fi friends, but like Little Women, like a Little Women's been adapted. Like there's like at least four movies. There's an anime series, yeah. a lot of Little Women stuff out there. Um, And the most recent one still found a new way in. The Harry Potter movies are recent enough and modern enough. It's not like Perry Mason, where like if you make it into the 2020s, it's just going to be different from the 1960s version. There's too much has changed sure. in terms of how things are made. Like, yeah, but with Harry which was Potter, the case with Battlestar, too. Yeah, from the 70s to like the 2000s or whatever. That makes sense. Um, Harry Potter. Yeah, maybe you're right. Like, not enough. Time has passed for there to be of necessity a new way to interpret it. Um, I think TV would be different, um, but maybe not different enough. I don't know. For some reason, I don't object to it that much, which I I, I thought I would yeah, more. I'm surprised. But I maybe because the movies did, because there is a lot you could include. I, I don't know. I don't object to the idea that much, and I, perhaps just because I've I've expected it for so long. Now the finally words coming down from it, I've already resigned myself. I'm not sure. I don't know what's going on with me. <laughs> That's reboots fair. can be done so, though. Let me. I think that we did have a conclusion here that reboots can't. Oh, Dune, another good example from Neo Gente. Yeah, they, they rebooted Dune. Although the first Dune like was controversial. That's the best. same. Yeah, hmm? that's still at like a 30 year difference. Yeah, that's a while. From- david lynch's dune to the new one um so there is a granted, time i agree with though. you if they botch it yeah it wasn't you know, an if you want to see like, this it's never appropriate it can be appropriate yeah i think it can be appropriate i think it's all about knowing when it's appropriate you know look at hellboy hellboy is my go-to example for this gone <laughs> Do wrong Guillermo- no you don't <laughs> Guillermo del toro did two fantastic hellboy movies and now mm-hmm. they've tried to reboot it they did it once and failed and they're doing it again. And it's like, 
at a certain point, you need to let things lie long enough so that you can come back at it with a fresh audience, I think. Um, so sure. one thing that's curious to me about... Cool. Uh, one thing that's yes. curious to me about the Harry Potter thing... Uh-huh. Oh, sorry. I keep interrupting no, I just want to say just it's the delay. to you. I don't object to the Harry Potter thing, but you've convinced me I don't think it's a good idea. We that was my whole goal for this okay. show. Go on. Um, <laughs> but so one of the things I find intriguing about this is thinking about HBO's brand, because I remember hearing a little while back that they were like kind of gutting some of their kids programming and their animated yeah. programming. Right, um, and so and uh, yeah, and egg on the conqueror show. I'm like, yeah, of course, that's HBO brand. It is an adult show. It is you know, warring political families, all this sort of stuff. There will be sex and violence and all those things that HBO likes to have in its shows. Mm-hmm. Harry Potter is not any of those things. No, and that's part not. of what makes me kind of side eye this being like, this is a, like, a, it's one thing for HBO to do that with movies. But for a show, I'm like, this is a teen show. And that's not really something you do a whole lot of HBO that I'm aware of. Uh, people out there watching, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and I, the one I, I'm just going to say, I will never understand why they haven't picked up the Greenbone Saga, Jade City by Fonda Lee. It is just, Rep it. it is fantasy crime families. It is just their brand in a series. I don't understand why they're doing teen shows like Harry Potter and not that. That's my rant. Thank you I mean, you, you don't understand why they would go for Harry, but like, I can offer you one sure. explanation. The Greenbone sure. Saga as good as excellent as it may be and as good as a tv show as i'm sure it would make is not a tenth as well known as harry potter and they will have a built-in audience of course i mean harry potter is the kind of series that's big enough that even if they don't have a foothold in kind of teen school-age dramas a harry potter show makes them close to a leader in it like they can have a whole new market open up for them um you but are again right. I, I i totally I, I think we agree that we would much rather they go for original stuff yeah. and that with, the, with thanks to all the commenters you guys are great today jesus man you're really killing it yes um thank you for yeah, coming to it's, hang it's it's too soon it's too soon and then, you know what again maybe it won't happen it is possible that it won't actually come to anything um but yeah. we will see yeah it seems like they really <laughs> want it to says it's high time we have some sex and vines in Harry Potter, though. They could do, they, they could try that if they wanted to um, update it and not make it the same thing. It's like Harry Potter now with now with cursing and blood. Harry I Potter meets Euphoria. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> magic drugs. Uh, yeah, you know the the whole new demographic of subscribers thing that that Jay Patel's saying that you were talking about that they basically would become a leader in that type of programming just with Harry Potter. That's a fair point. And, you know, uh, my idealistic brain wants to rail against that because on the one hand, one of the things that has always made HBO stand out from a lot of its competitors has seemingly been really knowing its brand and the types of shows it wants to make sure and pushing those kinds of boundaries. And this feels like, a step backwards from that it's here's this well-known thing we happen to have the rights of let's make that too and it'll like you said it, it feels like a business-minded decision not even oh, remotely yeah. a creative one and that's what i mean me about it it's also true that it's not hbo it's hbo max which is not really the same thing like oh i didn't realize that yeah hbo max by the time that the show came comes out HBO Max will be merged with Discovery, and you know that they're talking about calling it Max, just removing the HBO yes. from there. So, yes, which part of me thought was a really dumb idea because HBO is like the thing that attracts folk to it. On the other hand, mm-hmm. maybe it's a good idea because it wouldn't dilute the HBO brand so much to have what I'm sure will be some, I don't know, less uh, sterling quality shows on Max. Than there are on just HBO yeah. proper or different sorts I think it of shows. Dilutes. Yeah, I think that's an. I never thought of it from that angle. Are they protecting HBO? Maybe a little bit. Um, yeah, I do maybe. think. 
that's another decision where I'm like, man, HBO Max <laughs> is one of the very, very few streaming services that managed to survive the streaming wars and really carve out a spot for it. And this is just a, a weird decision to rebrand it like this at this point. But we'll see how it goes. Max! Um, yeah. Laura... Yeah, Laura's got a good question about the the snow sequel. Uh, mm-hmm. Can you mention if the snow sequel is looking not as promising because Kit Harrington is doing Industry, which is also an HBO series? Um, apparently, Tech Mogul is a new Kit Harrington typecast. He's playing that in yes. Extrapolations. <laughs> yes, He's he playing is. that in Industry. That's his new. I thing. believe in season three of Industry. Um, three, yeah. I don't think this would be a huge conflict because. The Jon Snow series hasn't even been greenlit yet, so it doesn't. I feel like there's there would probably be enough time if a Jon Snow series doesn't go up till after House of the Dragon anyway. That's years from now. He's got to keep working. I mean, yeah. Um, if Millie Clark think? can 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 fight the Terminator while she's playing an Aerostar Targaryen in Game of Thrones, could Harrington can join a season of one show and then do this? Also, it could be a good thing because it's it means the relationship with HBO is still good. That they're keeping them around. Yes. They're keeping them in, in the mix. Totally. Um, so opposite. I think it's fine. I'm sorry about the extrapolations, Robert. That's being yes. bad. Yeah, it, it didn't really make oh, any waves, did it? Okay, let's move on because yeah. we are running our mouths in a fun, fun time. Got a lot to talk about. And thanks, yes. you guys have been great. Um, I, I really appreciate all the comments. Um, Daniel, yeah, you watched here. a movie film uh, recently. You oh, yeah. watched the new Dungeons and Dragons movie, Honor Among Thieves, which is getting really good press. What do you think? Yes. I think it deserves the really good press, to be honest. Oh, delightful. Um, yeah. Delightful is the right word, honestly. So I went into this thing not knowing what to expect. I saw it yesterday. I loved it. Um, it is uh... just a fun fantasy romp. It doesn't make any pretensions at being anything crazier more than that. It's just set in the Dungeons and Dragons world. It uses a lot of the conventions, but as with any good Dungeons and Dragons campaign, it's a made up story about this group of adventurers going on an adventure. <laughs> and based in real life. The, it, it's not based in real life, but um, at the same time, it, it really struck that perfect balance for me between like adventure action and humor that I think like the very best movies of this type uh do like the the sure. example that comes to mind is the mummy that's one of my favorite oh, movies so right, this right, is right. i praise but that balance of humor at like and a crazy adventure with creatures and effects and action sequences it, it was just it was great i i would recommend this to any fantasy fan or you know you could go see it with your kids it's really accessible totally. so i loved it and i'm not a a long-term dungeons and dragons nerd like i enjoy it but i've only played like maybe a handful of times in my life so it's It's very accessible whether you are familiar or not i mean julie wants to see it and she's not a gamer it 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 seems like it is actually catching on with people who you wouldn't think would be into you know actually playing D, which is great um i remember the old Dungeons and dragons movie which was um a a terrible camp fest I, I well no yeah. i mean it was like equally great just <laughs> not on purpose um i'm glad it's doing well i'm glad you liked it yeah yeah me too i was pleasantly surprised i won't i won't lie i teared up a little bit at the end oh. which i did not expect um because there was a surprisingly deep twist late in the movie um when you know the movie hadn't really given you hints that it was capable of that and then it was like mm-hmm. here you go think about this um so yeah i i really enjoyed it and like we've said if if you are not familiar with dungeons and dragons it basically explains everything you need to know it's just a a fun fantasy film with a lot of the sorts of conventions we're all used to seeing by now like elves and shapeshifters and magic paladins with magic swords stuff like that so yeah definitely recommend it sweet probably see I think I'll see the Mario movie this weekend with my nephew. Ooh, I want to see nice. it, but I don't want to um, admit that I want to see it. So I'm just going to escort my nephew to it and just pretend <laughs> that that's the reason I'm taking him. Nice. Um, watching that's a respectable anything, 
<laughs> I think so. Um, anything else you're watching, Daniel, or anybody else out there? What are you guys watching nowadays? Well, Movies, TV, anything? I just rambled a bunch. Can I toss it back to you? Have you watched anything fun in the past week? Not particularly. I've been busy. I was in New York City. Uh, yeah, I, I went to some Broadway oh, shows. Taking in culture. That's what I was doing. Um, I've nice. behind a bit on my watching, watching. Um, you know, Succession is the main thing that I've been catching up on. And Ted Lasso are the two things that I've been made made some time for. Um, both of them Excellent. great. Both of them in their final seasons. Solid, solid stuff. Enjoying them both. But how about you, Daniel? I heard that. I heard the latest succession was really good. Um, so they're two for two I, so far. I, um, lo- I like that that show is um, again, like it doesn't really tell anything like a story that you haven't seen before. It's, it's, it, it's, it's family drama. It's basically, I mean, this is so cliche. It, it's game of Thrones in modern times where it's ridiculously yeah. rich people fighting amongst each other, basically. But uh, the way it makes characters who, <laughs> again, nothing's new. The characters are all sort of reprehensible. Um, yes. They're all absorbed in themselves. So but I guess you just sort of account for their own uh, mile high biases and um, blinders and still find ways to sympathize with some of them anyway, even though. Yeah. Like, they could never have been any better than this is sort of the message that I get from the show. Like they were doomed from the start. Although then that gets into like poor little rich people, um, uh, narratives. I don't really approve of those. It's a good show. And I want to see who's who, who is the successor at the end of it. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Cool. So I actually did start succession this week. Or weekend. I watched nice. the first season and a half. So I am trying to cruise through and catch up. Um, and yeah, you're totally on point. Um, they really, I think they do a good job of not making it like poor little rich kids narrative because they basically are just like, here are people who grew up being rich and that really messed them up. But they're still really messed. They're still doing awful things. And I think it does a good mm-hmm. job of reminding you of both of those things. Sure. Um, that for kind of like for every good thing they do, there is an equivalent awful thing that will happen like an episode later. Um, so I've been really enjoying it. Um, so Succession is my big one I've been watching. I also watched the latest episode of The Mandalorian. Um, and I'm like current with that. Today's? I have seen today's, yes. Um, well, I, and- I saw the last time. So the last one I loved today's I really liked parts of it. And there are other Mm -hmm. things about it. I did not love. Um, I think so. Episode five really impressed me both for just how good it was, how well written it was, how good the action scenes looked. Um, And then this week's episode it still had some of that, but they also leaned really hard on guest cameos. Too hard, I think. I did they hear kind of about prioritize um, some of them. Yeah, yeah. I think they prioritized Black, the guest the cameos. Yeah, I'd watch it. He'd <laughs> shout a mighty high note <laughs> from his yeah, mighty steam. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack. I mean, Jack Black is always great. I, I, I really Lizzo is in it too, and I love Lizzo. Didn't really like her in the show very much, though. Um, kind of like so why? It felt like a celebrity Stumpcast. guest cameo more yeah. than it, it. Yeah, that's what it felt like to me. Um, so there were things about it that that I did not enjoy. Some of the effects looked wonky this week, which is weird because last week looked so good. Um, so the Mandalorian has had. I feel like a a consistent problem at this point with shooting itself in the foot with some of its choices. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we've complained a lot about the book of Boba Fett too being yes, like a secret Mando show, like because he comes in and takes over a few episodes, and it's almost kind of ironic to me because at this point, this season of The Mandalorian is really mainly about Bo-Katan Kryze, who's played True. by Katie Sackoff. She's fantastic. I love that Katie Sackhoff is a lead on the show this time. 
That's but cool. it, it reminded me of Book of Boba Fett because it is like, here's another show where you're saying it's a show about this character and then saying, no, actually, it's going to be about this other one. And I just don't know why they're. I, that baffles me a little bit, even though I, mean, I love least, Katie Sackhoff. I mean, would not want her to be in it less. It just at feels least like a weird Mando choice. and Baby Yoda are there this time. And like, like they're, yes. they're always around. I, I feel like perhaps they're trying to expand it. Um, someone said a good comment. I think it was Jay looks great. Mandalorian this season story, a huge step down from previous seasons and just bad IMO. It, the, 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 there definitely is a drop in enthusiasm around the show. I think because of Boba Fett, I think because of what you're saying that it's yeah. just, it feels like they want this to be a show that will last forever slash a long time. And instead of thinking about like, okay, what is the next step in Din Jaren and Baby Yoda's journey? How does that lead to the end that we will get to? They're expanding the canvas in a big way, which can work. Game of Thrones did that, and it worked really well. Sure. Um, but I'm not sure they've run into mine, and it 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 feels like that. I'm enjoying it, but I've I've downgraded Mandalorian in my watching to what I do for succession, which is like, I watch the episode. I sit there and that's what I'm doing with my time to um, Mandalorian. Now something I watch while I fold laundry and do dishes and answer emails. Yeah. That's what I've kind of um, knocked knocked it down to. I'm still watching. I think that's fair. Cool. I, I think it hasn't, you know, it's not at a point where it's lost me at all. And again, I mm-hmm. really enjoyed last week's episode. But yeah, I, I agree with that general consensus, though. It is no longer as sharp and focused as it was, which is ironic because this season has a more um, it focused does. story. Like it is about a thing more than the first yeah, season was, is. which was That's more true. of an episode of the week type thing. And I actually don't know if that works for the Mandalorian as well. Um, I think yeah. it's it's strongest when it does the episode of the week thing instead it's of kind a of weird overarching it, story about rulers and stuff. Right. It's kind of weird that it shifted gears like that. Like if you I want, it, it came in as this serialized thing and it was really interesting that way. And then it's kind of, it, it's kind of become more like, you know, a post Game of Thrones show where it's, it's, yes. it's, it's, it's more like one long movie, uh, that kind of thing. And we have things like that already. So it's just not as enticing as it used to be. And I agree with more that Andor really did. I mean, Andor was so popular among super fans. I'm not sure if it like really broke out into the public the way the Mandalorian did, but it was really, really good. Yeah. Um, and maybe it will next yep. time. But yeah, it's been okay. I hope so. Yeah, Mandalorian or uh, Andor has some of the lowest watching stats, I think, of any of the Star Wars shows, but it is the highest acclaimed critically by a lot, I think. By the fans. Um, the fans so I hope that. Love it. And it is great. Yeah, it's a, it's an excellent show. Um, but yeah, so that's what I've been watching. The only other thing that I've been up to this week, I've been reading this book, The Bone Shard War book, by huh? Andrea Stewart. Just need to shout this out. Comes out on mm. April 18th. Um, it's so good. This is the, the third book in the trilogy. Uh, and it's an epic fantasy. That's kind of reminiscent of like avatar, the last airbender a little bit with some of the magic, some of the creatures, um, really, really great book, but yeah, that's, that's what I've been watching and reading this week. Any, anything else we want to hit on? I think not. I think let's go on to Lightroom because we are burning daylight here. We're lasting a while because we're having we so much fun talking to each other and to all it's, of you. The Wickedness Lightning Round, if you're true. new here, is where we take a bunch of stories we couldn't have time to get to in the main body of the show and give our 20-second opinions. Um, no more, mm-hmm. technically. No less. So <laughs> let's very see what we got on here. Okay, I, I think I did actually arrange these, so you would answer ones that you might know better about, but I forget how okay. I arranged them. Okay, I think you asked me first. Okay, so DreamWorks is getting the original cast of Shrek back together for Shrek 5. Yeah, fun. Um, I didn't realize how long ago the last Shrek movie was. It was like 2011 or something. So it's been a while, but yeah, 
it doesn't matter how old Eddie Murphy and Mike Myers get. They can still get in a booth and say Scottish accents and bray like a donkey. Fine. Sure. Do it. Big green men. I might see it. I'm kind of over Shrek at this point. It's been years, but sounds fun. I'm so tempted to bring it back around to Harry Potter because that's the same amount of time that has elapsed, but I will keep my peace. You do that. All right. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, A new trailer for the Marvel show Secret Invasion came out. It's Amelia Clark. She's in it. Who she play? So she is playing uh, Gaia. So she is a Skrull. We now know. Um, she is the daughter of the Skrull Talos. Oh. She's going to have a really interesting arc floating back and forth between the radical villains of the season and the good guys because she's related to them. So Secret Invasion looks awesome. Um, I'm really hopeful it's good, but we'll see. Um, all right. And so speaking of new shows, Paramount uh-huh. Plus, uh, uh, they greenlit a new Star Trek show about Starfleet uh-huh. Academy. Star Trek is another one of those things where it's hard to get excited because just so much of it. There's they got Picard, they got Discovery, they got Lower Decks, they got Prodigy, um, they got this new one, Starfleet Academy, the Strange New Worlds. I think Discovery and Picard are ending, so this will be a new one that's going to replace both of them. That's kind of nice. I'm not a giant Star Trek fan, but I'm glad if people are Star Trek fans out there and they're going to like this. Good for you. Yeah. All right, Daniel, uh, Ben Affleck, yes. former Batman actor will appear in the Flash movie. He let slip that Wonder Woman is also in the Flash movie. Neat. Yep. Um, <laughs> I mean, I saw someone point out that you can see her briefly in the trailer. So he he kind of talked a little bit about what the scene is. So he definitely spoiled some stuff. But I feel like with these cameos, they're just getting spoiled ahead of releases so much now that I'm not even surprised. I'm just like, okay. Um, I like that she's in the movie. <laughs> I wish I could have her and not Ezra Miller. Then I'd be more <laughs> for it. Good talk, yeah. Um, all right. So uh, Leo was asking about this one. This so this mm-hmm. one is for you, Leo. Uh, Delaney Hales is going to be replacing Bailey Bass as Claudia in Interview with the Vampire season two. Major recast. So yeah, I loved the first season of that show. I thought it was great. Interview with the Vampire in AMC. Um, it's never great news when there's a major recasting because it means like, I don't know, there's an unstable foundation. On the other hand, if I'm being honest, while I was watching it, it was like Bailey Bass was the weakest part of the show for me. I didn't. I thought she was like okay. good in some bits, but I didn't, especially the beginning, she didn't really do it for me. Maybe that's why they're recasting. I'm not sure why, but um, it could probably Fair. stand to have a better actor playing Claudia, to be honest with you. Fair. It's a hard role. It, it, it is a very hard role. That's true. It is tricky. Yeah. Am I alone there? Did, did, were you watching it and like, this show is so good. Yeah, she's I, doing her best. I still haven't seen it yet. Um, that oh, That gotcha. is so I don't have an opinion on her quite yet. Okay. I'd be curious. All right, Daniel. <clears throat> yes. Only 37% of US viewers watch the first season of The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, all the way through, compared to like 45% of European viewers. Yep. So this came out in a huge new report from The Hollywood Reporter talking mm-hmm. about the state of Amazon's streaming service. Um, it's not great. Uh, basically, they said 50% would have been considered solid, but not spectacular. And they broke the bank on this thing. But anytime it gets brought up that this show might be floundering, might not have been great, they push back and say it was a big success. So who can say? Who can say? You decide. All right. Uh, so Netflix announced that they are making a Scott Pilgrim anime and bringing back the entire original cast from the movie. Well, call them Shrek 5 then. Um, Sounds fun. Why not? <laughs> Scott Pilgrim. I've seen it. I wasn't like... um. There's like... A, a good cult of the movie for a while. Like people were really into yes. it for 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 a few years. I liked it. I didn't like fall in love with it. Um, neat. How cool. Michael Sarah. What's he been doing? This and um, good for the cast and good for the fans. Yep. All right. That was Michael Sarah, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And finally, ooh. Okay. <clears throat> I think it's one. I've had one for me, but it's one of you. Uh, Disney fires Marvel executive Ike Perlmutter who bought the studio, Marvel Studio, back in the 90s and had a big part in making it what it is today. Yep, Ike Perlmutter, he bought Marvel when it was going bankrupt. Then he eventually sold it to Disney, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. 
And apparently he's been a giant thorn in the side of Kevin Feige and the Disney execs. So there's a lot of speculation of was it his time or was this just an excuse because they're laying off people to get rid of him? Probably Mm -hmm. a bit of both. Seem like probably they're saying he was obsolety in a way before the position he was in. Yeah. Also, you sound like kind of a dick. Um, and that is our show. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he did when I was reading that. Um, that that is what the word is. We are here every Wednesday at two p.m. Central Standard Time. 3 p.m. New York, where I was this past weekend, uh, 1 p.m. Yeah. Mountain, and noon on the West Coast. On the Facebook page, when it's coming, on the Windows Coming YouTube page, we're also available in podcast form. Download wherever you, whenever you get your podcasts, uh, be it iTunes, Google Play, or elsewhere. Leave us a like, leave us a comment. The comments were great that this episode. Thank you for being so yeah. uh, communicative and conversational. Thank you yeah. for hanging out. Chat with us. We're always here. We have a good time. So thanks for watching. See you next time. And Julie Davies, just thank you for getting up that early. You don't have to, but we, we <laughs> definitely appreciate. Yes, we do. The the viewership of all of you. Thank you, Julie. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Thank you. This podcast is brought to you by Fansighted. Join our community of over 300 sites from sports, pop culture, and everything in between. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.